Welcome to Ride Around the Road, the creative podcast that helps you get those pesky voices out of your head and onto the page. And remember, it's the journey that matters. And welcome to another episode of Ride Around the Road. Today, I've turned to my go-to man when I need help with all things business. I'd like to welcome back Adam Houlihan. Hi, Adam. Hi, Mel. Great to be back with you once again. Yeah. Now, Adam has been on the program before and I was introduced introduced to the world of business. Adam is a LinkedIn expert, best-selling author of the LinkedIn Playbook and Social Media Secret Source, and he's CEO of Web Traffic That Converts. But what I'm interested in at the moment is he's actually changed the title of that, I believe, and I'll talk to you about that in a minute, Adam, to LinkedIn Influencers Course. Now, I have joined that course, and you'll be hearing a lot from me about that course over the next 12 months. But here we have the expert with us today. Adam, where did that course come from? It's a good question, Mel, and uh, as always, it, it comes from people asking for it. Uh, and when enough people kind of asked me for it, it finally dawned that maybe we should actually deliver what everyone's asking for. And so, hence, we created the course. We actually did a, um, before you came into it, we did like a beta test of it earlier this year, uh, just to get some feedback from some people. And the, the results and the feedback was so overwhelmingly good, we, you know, we've really blown this up now into a, a really big uh, marketing push for it over the next three years. Yeah. Now, I've been introduced to the word influencer recently, everyone, as I was told that I was an influencer, Adam, but I didn't know what it meant or, or why it mattered. But now I'm getting a little bit more understanding, everybody, of why we need to have a professional profile and why, as we grow, we need to have a network around us, not only who can help us, but who we can share our knowledge with and hopefully help them as well. That's where LinkedIn comes into its own, doesn't it? Yeah, very much so. It's a, it's a wonderful platform to position yourself. And uh, influence is an interesting word because uh, in one respect, it, uh, it's kind of getting, getting a little bit flogged to death. There's, there's all these things about being an Instagram influencer or a LinkedIn influencer or whatever. Uh, what, what my definition of it is, is that you're influential in your industry, not necessarily on a specific platform. However, LinkedIn is a very good platform to position yourself that way. Yeah. Now, when a 56-year-old lady hears about that word um, after, you know, 50 years and is about to retire, it's an interesting thing to have thrown around. And I'm guessing, as you said, it is being a little bit overused now if it's being thrown at me. But what in, what interests me and why I've got you back today, Adam, is that I've been in my business for two years I've been working with young entrepreneurs now for two years and it's time for me to take my business into the education sector. I wasn't quite sure how to go about that, so I've been reaching out very tentatively to a network of people on LinkedIn. Now, there's not another platform that can can do that for me, is there? Well, it, uh, it, one of the really good things about LinkedIn, well, one of the things I love about it, if, it, let's say make a comparison to Facebook and realistically that there is no comparison. There's nothing wrong with Facebook. It's a great platform if you use it for you know, what it's, it's good at uh, doing. But you can't go onto Facebook and target specifically I want to connect with, uh, say, um, a plumber within 10 kilometres of the Sydney CBD. It's just not possible to do that 
on, on Facebook. You've got to go about it after, you know, all the things they might be interested in and everything but who they really are. Uh, LinkedIn allows us to be laser focused on exactly the type of people we want to connect with and have conversations with. Yeah, and that's and that's the stage that I'm at. And everybody, I'm guessing if I'm at that stage, then some of you will be as well. And Adam's book uh, that he has out, the LinkedIn Playbook, it actually steps us through what we need to be doing with our profile. Now, I bought that book the last time I had Adam on, so that's quite a while now. That'd be last year, Adam, um, probably mid last year, I think. That's a year ago. I haven't opened the book. Now, I started this influencer course or this web traffic that works course and I started last week and already in a week having the course having Adam talk by the videos go to chapter six of the book uh, I've now paid to, to go to a chapter of a book that I owned for a year so this is the benefit of courses everybody um, going to the experts and, and learning that way and as you said Adam lots of people are queuing up for this course but the very first thing I noticed about my LinkedIn profile is that it is actually a little bit active already and it's from all the freelance writing that I've been doing. So I'm guessing there's a lot of freelancers out there who are, we're all recommending each other and giving each other testimonials and acknowledging our skills. And I looked at me and I went, oh, I'd forgotten I could do half that stuff. Um, but that's where it comes in, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. Uh, and I'll, so as you'll see as you go through the course, it's, it's more than just referencing the book. Uh, the book is kind of a, a backbone of it. Uh, there's a lot more to it. But exactly exactly as you said, it's it's a lot of the times we, we actually kind of have all this stuff at hand. We're just not using it effectively. And just a little jolt here and there would, uh, is often enough just to get you on the right track. Yeah. Now... I will be talking about this a lot over the next uh, the next 12 weeks. Sorry, everybody. As, as I learn, I want to share with you. Um, but first of all, I had an all-star profile, which apparently is a good thing, which meant basically I've ticked all the little boxes that LinkedIn require. So that's the very first thing you need to do, isn't it? It's, it's the, yeah, it's kind of like uh, day one, task one. Uh, just to be uh, re really clear, though, all-star just means exactly that way what you just said. It means that you've actually filled out each section of your profile uh, and you haven't left one out. That doesn't mean to say you've filled it out well. So, for example, to get All-Star, you have to have your summary activated and something in there. But you could just put one sentence there and as far as LinkedIn concerned, you've got a summary, so you're All-Star. So uh, it's, it's the basic of it, but the difference between having All-Star and having a highly... Um, um, optimised profile, uh, chalk and cheese. Yeah, now everybody, this is where I put my hand up and confess because I um, listened to week one of the course last week and I'm of the one sentence variety. And as per my homework, I actually have to start a Google document and fill out an in-depth profile. Now, I didn't know any of this stuff. Um, when I did this 12 months ago, I didn't even know what B2B meant, which was business to business. Uh, so I've come a very long way. And in my profile, there are all sorts of, I guess, keywords uh, that I need to have. But more importantly, it's not about me. It's about what I can offer my clients. Uh, is, is that about the crux of it? It, it, that you're very much on the right track. It's, um, again, an, another, uh, we're talking about a summary. So the summary section is the very first thing that people read. And it should really be written, as you said, all about um, 
Well, it's about you, and but more so about the, the value you bring, why someone would want to connect with you. The second part of that is the, um, <clears throat> sorry, like position description. And the big uh, mistake most people make is to write that like almost like a CV of the, the job that they do. Uh, it's kind of misleading that it's, uh, that's, that's you know, I mean, that, that is one way to do it. But what's far more effective is to write your position of description about um, your business or your product or your service and the, uh, who that serves and how it serves them. Yeah, and I think I've got, I think that's one of the things I've got back to front and topsy turvy, everybody. I couldn't work out why all the jobs that are offered to me have all been about social media and digital digital marketing type jobs and I thought I can't do that stuff why is that all coming my way and then I looked at my top three skills and they were digital marketing something and something and I've it only came about because of my freelance writing but I haven't got any of the qualifications to to be a digital marketer so all these jobs that have been coming my way for the last 12 months are actually irrelevant to me um, because I haven't got my I haven't got everything in the right order so it becomes quite crucial doesn't it it does very much. It, it's uh, it, one, you know, if you're if you're looking for for jobs or whatever, it's very important. But uh, as, as you just said, but also uh, it's in how LinkedIn will show you your profile in searches. So it's using that data that you're putting there to this Joe Mel's profile. So you want to make sure you're getting shown to the right people and and in the right type of searches. So this is the whole optimization that uh, we go through in, in the process. But it's all in the book. You, you can actually do this part. Is All this part is definitely in the book. So you can uh, go through step by step and do it yourself. Yeah. Now, this is what Adam told me 12 months, everybody, 12 months ago, and I haven't even started it, um, but I am well on my way now um, because now I know why uh, some of the things that I thought would be happening by now aren't. Now, there's something about getting out of jail um, would you like to explain what that is? It was on a webinar recently and I didn't have time to attend, but I desperately need to get out of jail on LinkedIn. Yeah, there is there is what they call LinkedIn jail. And, and in fact, there's multiple forms of it. But the one you're referring to is where your content is uh, put into a form of suspension. And the way that you get your content into that suspension, which just means that LinkedIn stops showing it in, in people's feeds. It's, it's on your profile, but unless somebody specifically goes to your profile, they will never see it. Uh, and what causes that is if you put any form of link in the um, post itself. So if, you, if, if there's any form of hyperlink, uh, say to your website or to your blog or anywhere else, that will um, that will cause LinkedIn to basically make your, your content invisible because and the reasoning for it is basically they want to keep you on the platform they don't want you uh, linking other members away from the platform ah so that okay so everybody I don't even know if I do that or not I, I notice when I throw my podcasts up they get they get some attention um, but a lot of my I guess say one of your posts that I like I'll throw it over onto my um, profile um, but nobody even sees it uh, that's okay if you're sharing something that's already on LinkedIn it's fine it's only if it's a you know an external link so uh, like for example you could uh, reference something that's on LinkedIn's own blog and that would still get you a content suspension because they're not looking at what the content links off to they're just looking at 
that there is a link. And if there is, then, uh, then yeah, kind of hope gets seen. <laughs> yeah, so everyone, as I, as I learn some of these tips, I certainly will pass them on to you. And, and we've got that very first one uh, that, that I was talking about at the beginning. Should we be on LinkedIn or Instagram or both or, or neither? How, how best as creatives can we get word out there and build our business? Now, that was a debate that was happening on Adam's um, Facebook page today and I was very interested in that. Talk to me about where I should be as a creative reaching out to, to sell creative entrepreneurship to others. Well, it's, it's very easy to determine where you should be. Uh, you should be wherever your ideal clients are. So if they're on Instagram, then you need to be on Instagram. Uh, I, I won't say I laugh, but I, I sometimes I see these strategies or these services that say, oh, well, take your podcast and we'll turn it into all this content that you can share in all these different places and that's fine except there's no point in sharing content on twitter if none of your um your target market is on twitter they may well be but uh, same with instagram so um the 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 real litmus test is you know where is your ideal client hanging out if that's on linkedin then you need to be active on linkedin if it's on instagram then certainly on instagram there was a good um there's actually a good conversation in that that you're talking about today in the group where I posed that question would you rather be influential on LinkedIn or Instagram and one gentleman said oh um, I'm a photographer so I've got to be on Instagram and I said in the broad sense that's correct but as an example I have a very good friend who is a photographer but he only does headshots so his market is on LinkedIn and he went oh yeah okay well I do this and I said, I'm sure that you should be on Instagram. So, so the the answer is wherever your ideal client is is where you should be. Yeah, and and as writers, everybody, our readers are on Instagram, and I'm finding they're all they're on Twitter an awful lot as well. So, guys, that's where I'm picking up a lot of my clients is on Twitter. It seems to be the most active of the lot, but. On LinkedIn, and this is why I'm here and this is why I'm sharing this with you, everybody, is I want to grow my business. I want to scale my business. There is an awful lot of expertise on LinkedIn. And even um, yesterday, someone reached out to me and offered to help me. I think they'll try to sell me something, but they're still offering to help me go to the next level. And plus, I can emulate um, professionals who have been in the business for 30 and 40 years and are running huge companies, I can not only emulate them, I can reach out to them and ask them a question. That's got to be a great advantage of LinkedIn. Oh, it is one of the, the biggest advantages and, and why often, even if your ideal client or whatever may not be on LinkedIn, uh, there's so many different ways you can use it as an example that example you just shared, you can reach out to to experts in fields and they'll, they'll often just be very willing to, to share information with you. It's also one of the best ways to get um, uh, into conversations with like referral partners. So, you know, you might have someone who has a great database that, um, you know, shares your ideal client, but you do something completely different to them so you know, they might promote you to their, their database and LinkedIn's a great way to reach out and start those conversations. 
Yeah. Now, once upon a time, everybody, I used to go out on the golf course and I'd play golf in, in the mixed foursomes on weekends. And that was how you got your word out. But of course, we're all too busy to go and give a whole day away to golf every Sunday now. So we don't get to do that anymore. I'm finding that uh, LinkedIn, they actually give credibility to my profile as well. They make, they're helping me become... Uh, I guess, more established in what I'm doing with young entrepreneurs as as they accept me as the expert. Yeah, exactly right. So that's that's really what we're talking about in the program is how you do exactly that is position yourself as the, as the go-to person in a specific niche um, and then you're just attracting all these people to you that, you know, either are your potential clients or they're people who are asking you questions or uh, they may want to partner with you to, um, you know, mutually help your business and theirs. Yeah, and and I think that's the trick, everybody. We've got to have something to give. And as writers and as mentors and as coaches and as we build our online courses, we all have something to give and we have as equally as much to give as anybody else I'm discovering more and more. Uh, and... I think it's. I think we need to step up, and I think we need to sell ourselves better rather than just reaching out um, to our local communities. We can actually reach a lot broader audience. And one thing that I'm really noticing, and I've been noticing the trend for a while, Adam, is that business people writing books are looking to fiction authors for inspiration and creativity. I don't know how many times I see non-fiction authors or business people on forums quote uh julia cameron or or um some some of our i guess great fiction authors to say oh this is how you should do it it's i'm guessing it's because business business people just aren't creative or as creative as they could perhaps be you could very well be right that you are there is you are correct there there is quite a um, a push on um business people writing books uh, these days because it's one of the best ways to position yourself with with credibility uh, just because you want to write a book doesn't necessarily mean to say you've got the the skill set to, to go and do that as you know so uh, these people will reach out for help and and you know uh, happy to pay for, for good assistance yeah <laughs> and everybody um corporates offering to uh offering or wanting assistance from writers to help write their books, there are people stepping into that market and they're charging thousands and thousands of dollars to help these guys write their books and they're not much better than they are. As fiction writers, we are perfectly positioned to step up and step into this market and, and I think it's really important that we make ourselves aware that rather than charge, you know, a critique partner $400, I was told by someone on LinkedIn who's quite influential that unless we start charging three, four, five thousand dollars, nobody's going to come near us because they don't think they think we don't know what we're talking about. And and that actually horrified me. And then I saw some business people waving their business books around that they'd they'd written and, and launched at these conferences. Speaking to them, they are willing to pay big dollars to get their book out there because it's their their business not their business card, it, it promotes their business as legitimate, doesn't it? promotes their business is legitimate and also themselves as legitimate. Mm. The way that I've often used that in in uh, talks and things uh, on that topic is, uh, which is more around influence, but um, 
Imagine if you and I were at a networking event and we met somebody who was an Olympian and uh, went, well, you know, you must be fantastic at your sport. Uh, but then we met another person who said, well, I'm the, I was the gold medalist in that event. So he's equally, uh, so, sorry, automatically elevated above even the Olympians. And that's what a book does for a, um, a, you know, a business orientated person. It elevates them above all the other people in their space who don't have a book. And that's why they are very, very happy to pay thousands and thousands of dollars to get one. Yeah, but they'll only pay us thousands of dollars, everybody, if we have a profile that's professional. Um, and that includes a headshot, everybody. Whatever you do, please go and get a professional headshot. Uh, it drives me crazy trying to find pictures, even to put on um, my podcast, of, of our authors who use a picture of them and their cat. And I'm going, no, I need a professional headshot. It's driving me crazy. But the other thing is um, attending conferences. I listened to a fellow last year down on the Gold Coast, Coast at a conference and I paid, I think, $400 to go to this thing. And he stood on the stage and he had everyone engaged and he had six books out, I believe. But what he said is he's engaged a coach and the coach is a storyteller because he didn't, he speaks all over the world, but he didn't feel that he spoke well enough anecdotally to to make um, his presence felt. So he hired he hired a storyteller, again, which is us, and pays them, I think he said something like $20,000 to help him tell his story or his story brand a whole lot better. And that's another gap that's just crying out for, for creatives to step into, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, they, they say at the moment in, in digital media um, space that uh, we are in the age of storytelling. So everything is about whether it's through video, whether it's through our written uh, content, uh, everything's about uh, telling different stories. There's stories about you know, yourself, your own journey, your, the story about your business, the story about your product, the story about your client. So there's yeah, this uh, concept of storytelling is very, very powerful. And it's definitely, again, in that business space, it's something that, uh, that uh, these professionals will, uh, are quite willing to pay a lot of money uh, and regularly uh, to, to have uh, you know, writers help them with that, that type of uh, content. Yeah. Now, everybody, um, let me say this for the third time. We are perfectly positioned, um, provided we're on the correct platform. Uh, quite often it's not that they're not creative enough because, like, you know, these guys don't get to the position that they are without being creative thinkers. But sometimes they, it's as simple as they don't have time because they're so busy doing doing other things that they're happy to to engage us to, to do that kind of work for them. That's exactly what it is. It's it's not that they they don't have the, the skill set to do it. It's just um, better leverage of their time to to pay professionals to to do this work for them. Yeah, and that brings us to um, I've got two more things I want to talk to Adam about. This is the first one: the mistakes that we make with our profile on LinkedIn. Remember, as the weeks go by, I'll be delving more deeply into what we can do to to make us stand out. But this one today, uh, some of the very very basic state mistakes that we make is first of all, no photo or a, a really um, I guess casual photo rather than a professional headshot. Uh, and some of the things about customising our headlines and and um, being aware that nobody cares 
what we do outside the business. I, I see some I see some things where they're very personal, but that's not what LinkedIn's about, is it? Well, mostly it's not. No, it's it's if you think about it, when somebody uh, comes across your profile, they generally come across it because they're looking for something. Uh, so they're, they're looking for they've got a problem that they're looking to get solved. So what your profile should really be all about is the problem you solve. Um, as you said, uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, when we're we're doing profile optimization for some of our clients, uh, yeah, for example, like uh, say uh, solicitors, um, you know, they they've spent a lot of time at university getting their law degrees, and they've got these big um, um, uh, you know, bunch of letters next to their name that uh, denotes what uh, courses they've done and things like that. Uh, and LinkedIn is just not the place to to put that type of stuff because at the end of the day, I don't really care which university you went to. I don't really care which course you did. Uh, I want to. I care that you can solve the problem I have in a legal sense. I want to read about how you solve that problem, not about the what school you went to. Yeah, and we teach it. We teach it in school as selling the benefits, not the product. Okay, so what can what can I do to help you to solve your problem? And it's a it's a matter of persuasive um, persuasive speech, isn't it? And it took me a long time, everybody, to realise that what I teach my kids at school is actually what we should be teaching adults as well, because either they've forgotten. Or, or they were never taught it in the first place. So all the art of persuasion is a huge, it's a huge market out there, isn't there, for, for persuasive speaking? Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, I mean, all, to be honest, the, you guys are in the, the most amazing position in, in what's happening in social media right now. Uh, as I said, there's this very big emphasis on, um, on um, like you said, persuasive um, uh, writing on storytelling and, and on video. However, even with video, people need, uh, will, are quite uh, open to having a video scripted for them. The people, and we, again, I'm talking about these professionals who, you know, uh, who are reaching out for help all the time. And one of their biggest fears is, you know, getting in front of a video and looking silly. So if somebody gives them a written script, uh, then that are far more relaxed, far more comfortable, uh, and it makes their video presentation even better. So there's so many little, um, uh, you know, nuances to to writing that uh, is very, very profitable. Because if you think about these things, um, you know, I'm I'm one of these people. I, I create four or five videos every single month. Uh, so you imagine if you were writing that for me, I would need five video scripts every single month, uh, and the associated content that goes with that. Uh, and there's people, you know, making very, very good money uh, providing those services. Yeah, and I'm not one of them, everybody. I teach kids' workshops and I teach in school and seniors and I'm not getting paid what I what I think I'm worth nowadays and that's something that I'm, I'm setting about changing because I've spent my life with my family telling me I'm irresponsible because I make stuff up. Uh, but I am a very highly trained maker-stuffer-upperer. I am an expert at it and I think finally, I, I really believe, Adam, after all these years of business taking the foreground, that creative Creativity and imagination are right back up there as key skills to have. Very much so, yeah. 100% yeah. agree. 
Yeah, and that's and that's what we're that's what we're teaching. Um, the sciences have been there, uh, the maths and the business. But unless you've got the brain to to use them in creative ways, then then you just remain. Are not average because you'll still always make money, but you will not grow into your full potential. Yep. No, uh, as I said, I think there's there's just the, an unbelievable opportunity now to you know in this service that you can provide, and all you need to do is just um, have a profile that's optimised around that, that. That's the the, the solution you provide. It, it's you mm. know my problem is time. Uh, I need this someone to help me with this stuff, and if you can solve that problem then uh, you've got a client every month forevermore. Yeah, and and I think we've been shy, everybody. I think we don't we don't sell ourselves. We're mostly introverts. We sit behind our computers, and we we hate to brag. And when I first read this stuff that I've got to do in this course, I'm going, I can't say I can do that. I can't say I do that. But when I looked at it, I've actually been teaching it for thirty years. Um, social media tactic, tactics to boost engagement. Can you give us a couple of clues? Because I know that's probably coming up in the weeks to come. Um, yeah, look, you know, engagement comes from, um, you know, asking, posing questions. Uh, you know, a lot of people, right, when they do their content, it's very um, kind of, say, analytical or, um, you know, it's, well, let's just say it's boring. <laughs> so <laughs> the reality is that, you know, we don't really want to read about how, how an iPhone works. We just want to read about all the cool things we can do with the apps. Uh, so that's that's the type of thing that if you write your content in a way that you're posing questions, even being a little bit uh, not not so much controversial, but um, where people can have multiple points of view. Uh, a good example of that was you referenced today in our Facebook group. Um, post a very simple question, and look how many people had a different opinion on it. None of them were wrong; uh, they were just very different. So you get a lot of engagement through that. Yeah, and one of the things I've got to do, everybody, in the next 12 weeks is I've got to count out how many people viewed my, my content, how many people engaged with it and how many people shared it. So please jump on board, everybody, and start doing some sharing so I can get my one and two pointers. Uh, but I found that posing a question, um, I found it a little bit confronting. I found it a little bit, who am I to be asking, you know, these guys are CEOs of companies, these guys are, you know, really big and really important. Who am I to be asking them questions? But I'm going to suggest that they actually want us to. They actually want us out there and engaging so they can actually show off their expertise. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, I'm thinking the polar opposite end of this, that these CEOs and things that you're talking about, uh, these are the clients I work with, and that's what we tell them. If you want to be seen as influential, you have to engage with people. You have to ask your own questions, but also answer other people's questions. So, you know, the smart ones are, you know, uh, you get that kind of elitist level people who kind of think they're above all of this, and that's cool. They do what they like, but the ones who really are looking to scale their businesses and, and really scale their personal brand are looking for people like you that are, you know, uh, asking those questions because they actually do want to answer them. Yeah. Okay. I've got to let Adam go because he's off to Singapore, everybody, and leaving us behind. But next year I'm going to go along as well. Uh, I actually met a guy and he's coming on the podcast in a few weeks. His name is Jeff McDonald and he's written a book called Done. And what engaged me with Jeff is something else came up about young entrepreneurs. So I sent him off a quick message and said, thanks, Jeff. Um, 
thanking him for the post. And unfortunately, he said, he didn't say, sorry, who are you and why are you contacting me? He said, did I ask you to do a public speaking gig for me? And I went, no, but if you want me to, I will. (laughs) (laughs) To which he didn't reply. And then I sent back and say, I've just read your book. I noticed you said you've had 25 unfinished projects. I said, I've got 10 sitting on my desk at the time. Your advice was amazing. Please come onto my podcast and share that with my audience. And he straight away said, yeah, sure, I'd love to. Uh, if I hadn't reached out and kept the conversation going, it, it wouldn't have happened because people don't like talking to strangers who just want something off them. And that's probably key. That's probably the key secret on, on um, LinkedIn, isn't it? Very much so. It's, you know, just, it's all about starting a conversation and you just never know where that conversation will lead. But um, often it leads, like you said, you, you've reached out to somebody who's you know, very influential in what he does and he's more than happy to, to share some time on a podcast with you. Yeah, and then I get scared, everybody, and I think, oh, probably shouldn't have done that. Um, but I had the same feeling, Adam, when I first met you and you've always been really generous and always come on and, and helped and now I'm doing the courses and hopefully I'll get a little bit better at what I do. Like I said, last time I met you, I didn't even know what B2B stood for and I was 50-something and I thought, how embarrassing is that? <laughs> but, you know, it's half the fun, everybody. In 12 weeks' time, I'll actually tell you uh, how all this stuff works and I'll be an expert as well and then I'll help you be an expert, which is what it's all about. Finishing off, what's your new book? I know you've got a new book coming out. What's it going to be about for us? Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm in the, in the midst of writing that right now. In fact, I'll, as you said, I'm... Uh, Heading off in the morning on a flight to Singapore, and I'll be I'll be writing another chapter or two on that on that plane. Uh, but it's called Influencer, and it's the uh, it's basically the nine steps to um, becoming highly influential in ninety days, which is what what you're already talking about. Okay, everybody. So I'll do the course, uh, and then I certainly will promote the book, and hopefully we may have a couple to give away on the the program. I'll ask I'll ask my influential friend here and see if I can get a couple out of you. Maybe you might even come back on the podcast and share that when it's ready to go out. Love to, and I'm sure we can organise a couple of copies for you to give away. But uh, as you know, with the the process of a book, uh, we're we're probably talking about. Uh, November this year. Yeah, and, and that'll be a good time too, everybody, because I'll have put what I've learned on this in this course on into practice. Um, hopefully I'll be helping some of you. Adam will tidy up the mess that I make as, as, as I go along. The very first thing I did, everybody, when I went on to do this course is I deleted the introductory video for everybody um, on a thing called Trello. And next minute someone came on and said, um, I'm trying to watch the introductory video, but it's gone. And the admin politely came on and said, oh, yes, someone accidentally deleted. And I went, oh, that was me. <laughs> and I thought, hey, everybody, you've got to start somewhere. Adam, have a great time in Singapore. Thank you for your generosity again. Where can we find you? Mel, as always, uh, just, just go to my website, adamhillahan.com, and uh, you can find uh, all of my social profiles. You can get a free course there that will help you with that profile optimization and very soon you'll be able to uh, read all about this 12-week program there too. Yeah, don't kid yourself, everybody. Um, do the paid courses because it's the only thing that motivates you to do them. As I said, I've had the book for 12 months. I've had the free course. Fitting it in, you need you need that external motivation of, hey, I paid all this money for this, I'm going to finish it. But at the end of the day, you will turn around and help someone too. Uh, so that's it from me and Adam at Rider on the Road. Thanks, Will. Okay, bye for now. Thank you.